This is the SCT Show. Here are your hosts, Tanbir Rana. Nope, GM fucking bat 1000. It's not, it's never, it's not possible. You can't bat 1000. And Nam Man. Jim's like literally like probably struggling. Like, what, what is this? Nobody told me that there's math involved in this job. <laughs> Season 2. Season two. It's over now, no? Isn't isn't the season over? Hockey in Vancouver's over, no? The Canucks eliminated by the Vegas Golden Knights a few nights ago. And yeah. It's off season mode. We're looking ahead. It's two AM thoughts with Ron Lee Hall course another installment since the first one was such a hit apparently gotta give the people what they want so here i am always giving the people what they want it's the sct show strictly canucks talk four fans five fans you know the drill we got a lot to digest here a lot to digest and for as much as I want to believe that this season was a success for the Vancouver Canucks, because it was, I can't deny that, this season was a success. They overachieved. We know that. They overachieved. I know that. I'm happy with what happened. Maybe I'm not happy with what happened. I'm content with what happened. The Canucks eliminated by the Vegas Gold Knights in round two of the postseason. Game seven. Game 7 losses. They always hurt. And that's what makes it, you know, so much more painful. Is that they had a shot. The Canucks had an opportunity here to go past round 2. For the first time since 2011. It doesn't happen very often. Getting past round two of the playoffs do not happen, does not happen very often at all. And that's what kind of has me a little bit upset. I'm upset. I am a little bit. How can you not be? You know, I get it. We should just be happy with what happened. The Canucks were completely outclassed. They were outplayed by the better team. And they were, which is why I'm not, you know, completely just gone here. I'm very much content with what happened. Season a success. The minute they beat St. Louis, the season was a success. Easily. But these opportunities, they don't come very often. They don't. To get to a conference final... Doesn't happen all that often. I can't help but think that this was a missed opportunity. Because it was. And the way I like to look at this is... You know... You look at how... Good you have to be... To get to this point. To get to a conference final. I guess this is one way that I can kind of live with what happened 
The Canucks were beaten by the better team. They were beaten by the deeper team. They were beaten by a team who just have class at every position. You know, the Vegas Golden Knights have a great back end. They've got great goaltending. They've got great forwards up and down the lineup. Their bottom six, unmatched. The Canucks bottom six can't compete with that. They tried. They tried, and heck, they almost won. But this loss has shown the world, essentially, Canucks fans, the world, whatever you want to say, what Vancouver needs to do to reach that level, to reach that Golden Knights level, to get back to round two of the playoffs next season and beyond, and hey, maybe make the conference final. So what do they need to do? Well, they need to consistently get great goaltending, like they have been. They got it throughout the entire playoffs. They got it throughout the season. Not the problem right now. Yeah, I know. Demko, Markstrom, okay, cool. There's a little bit of an issue there. But that's not the issue right now. The back end needs to be deeper. We know that. Will Tanev be back? Will Stetcher be back? Is Ole Levy ready to make the jump? Tyson Berry talk now. Might be back. In his hometown. I think he's technically from Victoria, but whatever. Home province. Would he be a great addition? I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would be. He's an upgrade maybe over what they have right now, and you can't play any worse than he did in Toronto. Tanbeer made a great point. Might get him cheap now because of the bad year he had in, in Toronto. Short-term deal, short money, who knows. The bottom six, we know, needs work. Nam has said it all along. We got two fourth lines here, essentially. You need to find some upgrades. You need to find some consistency. You need more production out of the bottom six. It can't be Tyler Mott trying to do it himself all night. You need Brandon Sutter to step up. You need Jay Beagle to step up. At the ages that those guys are at, they are what they are, essentially, right now. And especially with Brandon Sutter, you know, how well is his body holding up? We know he's had some injury issues. There's a lot of mileage on that body. I'm still shocked that he's been here for like five or six years already. Is Adam Gaudet ready to take his spot in the lineup? Maybe. Need to see more of Gaudet consistently. Great little prospect. Who knows? Jake Vertanen. We love, we love Jake Vertanen talk here on SCT. You know, Jim Benning had some interesting comments about Jake Vertanen. Talking about how he thought, you know, he should have seen more from Jake during these playoffs. I think that's a fair statement to say. Playoff Jake, playoff Artadin, built for this, you know. Compared him to Alex Tuck, great little comparison. They're both big guys, both great skaters. There's, there's a difference. There's a difference between them, of course. Um, how do I say it? Alex Tuck looks like he wants it a lot more than Jake Artadin does. Uh, just on the ice, just how much of you know a pain in the ass Alex Tucky is to play against. Whereas with Jake, you see you know a lot of flybys and I don't know, just kind of he's just kind of out there skating around, dumping the puck in. I'm not saying he doesn't look engaged all the time because we've seen Jake be engaged, and when Jake is engaged, he's quite effective. We've seen him move up in the lineup; he's been effective doing that as well. He's been okay on the power play. 
second unit. He doesn't get a lot of power play time because, you know, obviously the first unit's got to take their time with it. But you know what? Jake himself isn't really the issue. There's holes in that bottom six collectively that needs to be addressed. And Benning's going to have his summer to do that. It's a short offseason, kind of, sort of, short offseason. I mean, free agency's going to come fairly quick. The draft's going to come pretty quick. But Jimbo will have his time to do it. And do we trust him to do it? Do we trust him to shed some salary cap? Do we trust him to build this team right for the future, for next season? Because the bar has been set. The bar has been set. It's playoffs or bust for, you know, for the most part. I mean, that's a given. You don't make the playoffs next year, Jim Benning is gone. Easily. But the bar now is second round, no? We've seen what this team can do in in the playoffs. We've seen them have a little bit of playoff success. The bar is round two. You don't make round two next year. Things aren't going to be good in Canuck land, you know? It's a high bar for a fairly inexperienced team. For a team with a lot of holes. And Jim's going to have, you know, a tough time trying trying to patch all those holes up. Build a more complete team. Shed some salary. You know, how do you move guys like Jay Beagle or Brandon Sutter or Antoine Roussel or... You know, you, there's a lot of money tied up in that bottom six that shouldn't be tied up in that bottom six, but it is. That's what it is right now. You know, Jim put himself in that situation. Kind of seems like he's learned from it. Will he make those mistakes going forward? I hope not. Probably not. I think he's learned from, you know, he's learned from this now. Now, you can have some cap issues when you tie up way too much money within your bottom six. But where was I going with this? A missed opportunity. This was a missed opportunity against the Vegas Golden Knights. Yes, I'm proud of the team. We all are proud of the boys. We are. But they don't come around very often. I said it before. The last time they got past round two was 2011. Anytime they've ever gotten past the second round, this team has made the final three times in their history. It's happened. Getting past round two. You look at how good and dominant the Canucks were about a decade ago. The Sedin Twins. Kessler, Burroughs, Luongo, Hamhuis, Biaxa, Adler, Erhoff, Samuelson, that whole little era of Vancouver hockey. How many times did those great teams get past the second round of the playoffs? Once. It happened once. That was when they went to the final, 2011, right? Other times, they lost to the Blackhawks twice in round two. The season after they went to the final, they lose to the Kings in the first round. The next year after that, they get swept by the Sharks in the first round. And then they miss the playoffs. Then even the year after that, they lose to the Calgary Flames in the first round. They don't come around often. So when you get the chance to go to round three, you take it. You do it. Not saying that obviously they didn't try. Obviously they tried. We saw it. We watched the game. They had no gas left in that tank. And I don't blame them. They played a lot of hockey. A lot more than, you know, Vegas had to and did and a lot of mileage on those players throughout uh, the bubble postseason, which is also, you know, challenging in itself. So, you know, I'm not mad at the boys. I'm proud of the boys. I am. How can you not be? But game seven, you came that close. That close. Heck, you came that close to forcing overtime. 
This was a 0-0 game for the longest time. Before Shea Theodore scored, it was a 0-0 game. It was 0-0 going into the third period. It, you had, what, less than 10 minutes to go in the third period when Shea Theodore scored? You were that close to taking it into overtime. And in OT, who knows? You get one lucky bounce, goes your way, you're in round three. You're in the conference final. You're playing Dallas right now. And you know what? I like the Canucks' chances against the Dallas Stars. But alas, it's not what happened. You know, the bounces still went Vegas' way, and they deserved it. They poured it on in Game 7. Poured it on. Completely dominated. Thatcher Demko stood on his head. I have not seen a goaltender stand on his head like that since Roberto Luongo. And I'll say it this way, actually. Both Vancouver goaltenders, whether it be Thatcher Demko, whether it be Jacob Markstrom, this playoffs, I saw a lot of Luongo in them. In the sense that, name me another goalie in Vancouver since Luongo, where you were so confident in his ability and the team was so confident in his ability that when shots would come their way, you thought, oh, no big deal. He's got this. I don't think you were that confident in Corey Schneider. You were confident, but I don't think you were as confident as you were with Roberto Luongo. But altogether, that team in general was just better than still, you know, what they have now to a certain degree, right? That team was still elite. But I don't think you necessarily felt that with Corey Schneider. And we know he ended up getting moved for the ninth overall pick, which was Bo Horvat in 2013. I don't think you felt that with Eddie Lack. Like, I know Eddie Lack, Roberto Luongo, a bit of a controversy. John Tortorella decides to go with Eddie Lack in the Winter Classic. Yeah, that kind of ended things with Luongo here in Vancouver, and so it should. I mean, you know, it was a bit of a slap in the face. But you didn't necessarily feel that way with Eddie Lack in Vancouver, that he was rock solid back there. He was good. You know, he, he would get streaky. He would get hot, but... You know, you don't see what you see in Demko or Markstrom with what you saw in Eddie Lack. I don't think you necessarily felt that way either with Ryan Miller. Don't think so. Solid goaltender, Ryan Miller. Don't get me wrong. He was good in Vancouver. He wasn't what Jacob Markstrom is in Vancouver. And he wasn't even what Thatcher Demko has been in these last three playoff games in Vancouver that they played this year. We had Anders Nielsen for a bit. Vancouver had Anders Nielsen for a bit. You know, there was a time when people thought, hey, Anders Nielsen might be the number one. Do you go Nielsen or Markstrom? Two Swedes. What do you think now? Obviously, you go Markstrom. And you can't really say enough about the goaltending that they've gotten over these playoffs. It's been unbelievable. It's been elite, right? It's been Roberto Luongo level. For the first time in a long time since Roberto Luongo, I don't think you worry about goaltending in Vancouver. Right? For as long as this city was known as you know a goalie graveyard, you've got two capable goaltenders right now. And yeah, it sounds like the whole Luongo-Schneider thing, where Demko is essentially Schneider, the younger guy who's coming up. Looks like he could be elite, and he could be. You know, Jim Benning's had a tough decision to make in the offseason. Do you go Jacob Markstrom? Do you go Thatcher Demko? Do you try to resign Markstrom, right? Or do you want to free up some cap space? I don't really think goaltending is or necessarily should be the number one priority in Vancouver because I do still think Thatcher Demko is capable 
is he capable uh, enough to really be a starter in the league right now? I don't know. Only time will tell. But you've got bigger holes in the lineup, with that being the bottom six and the back end. Maybe if your defense is better, maybe if your bottom six is better, maybe that shields your goaltender a bit. Maybe then you do go with the Thatcher Demko. He won't get shelled every night. Maybe he won't get as exposed. I'm not saying he can be exposed. I mean, every goaltender can be exposed. But if you don't put him in a situation where, hey, he's going to have to face 50 shots a night, boats well for you. And either way, with whatever goaltender you go with, the team's going to be tweaked. It's going to be improved. It's going to be changed over the coming months. We're going to see some moves. I think if you're Jim Benning, you have to. You have to do something. Because you know you've got a good base. You've got a good foundation. You know you've got some solid goaltending. And you know you've got some solid foundational players. You've got Pedersen. you got Quinn Hughes. Guys like Brock Besser. And with Pedersen and Hughes especially, those are your two main ones. They've got one year left on their entry-level contract, which means this upcoming year, it's going to be huge. You got to do something in the postseason, next season, before you got to pay these guys. Which is why, as we talked about in the last episode of SCT, episode 22, does Jim Benning just go for it this year? You know, with free agency, with trades, does he just say, screw it? We're going to go for it next year. And I know what you're thinking, but Ryan, you know, these guys are really young. Quinn Hughes, Elias Patterson, they're 20, 21, 22. You know, how much playoff success could they really possibly have? And, you know, Nam made the point in one of the episodes throughout these playoffs, they've had a lot of playoff success, these young kids. Look at how much they've shown up. Quinn Hughes has shown up during these playoffs. He's performed. He's produced. Pedersen, he's performed. He's produced. He's shown up. You've still got a guy like JT Miller. I know he's older. He's produced. He's performed. You know what you're getting with him. Brock Besser, did he struggle a little bit? Maybe. Did he find his game toward the end? Yeah, he did. Brock Besser played pretty damn good. The goals weren't always there, but he played pretty damn good. Bo Horvat had an unbelievable postseason. You've got this nice little core nucleus of players who don't cost you that much money, right? Because really, who's the only ones getting paid right now? It's Horvat and Besser, really. They don't take up much cap room. Pedersen and Hughes are cheap. You go for it. You got to give it a good shot, at least. Maybe you don't go all in, but you give it a good shot. Because once you got to pay these kids... Pedersen, Hughes, upwards of who knows how many million a year, 10, 12. It's going to be kind of hard to build the rest of your team. You know, you're having cap issues right now. You're having cap issues this year. Imagine what it's going to be like the next year, the year after, where you still have guys on the books like Tyler Myers and, you know, Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel and whatnot. Like imagine what your cap hit's going to be next year. When you got to pay these kids. And especially if you do bring back Jacob Marchstrom this year, you know. Who knows what the rest of your roster is going to look like. Can you even bring back Tyler Toffoli this year? What are you going to do with Chris Tanov? Right? There's moves to be made. There's things to be done. But there's still a level of optimism. There has to be a level of optimism if you're a Canuck fan. The most successful season this team has had in 
again, since 2011, I'll say it. Since 2011, this is the most successful year this team has had in almost a decade. And they're all so young. I can't stress that enough. This team is on the up. They're so very young. They're having all this success. How can you not be excited? Now that the thing is, do you trust your GM enough? I mean, the GM, he, Jim Benning doesn't care what you think. But can he make the right moves to at least next season get them to the same point? Because we saw this playoffs, they weren't deep enough. They didn't get enough production out of the bottom six. As a defense unit in general, not deep enough. There's holes to be filled. Jimbo's going to do it. I think so. I'll say this, though. For me personally, having watched this team essentially all my life, this is one of the weirder times. Not even weird times. It just feels different. You know, because when have Vancouver really had a team on the up that was so young? Like, I'm trying to think of it right now. The whole Twins-Kessler-era team that really got good, you know, in 09 and 10. You know, those guys were getting to be in their mid to late 20s, all of them, right? The Twins were really 27, 28, 29, 30 when they really poured on their, you know, stardom when they really broke out. You know, Kessler would have been in his mid-20s, 25, 26, 27. Bieksa is only a year younger than the Twins. You know, Dan Hamhus was older. And then you look at the era before with the West Coast Express and whatnot. You know, they were all probably in their mid to late 20s, if I'm not mistaken. Back when those teams were, you know, really, really good. You look at this team, it's just so different because you're literally dealing with just kids. Patterson and Hughes. Elite level talent, world class. How much better could they get? We don't know. Do they have another level? They probably do. There's still a lot to learn with them. But as a GM now, can you put the right guys around them for them to succeed? And here we are. It's off season time. It's the summer. Can we call it a summer? The fall? It's the off season. The most important one of Jim Benning's tenure as general manager of the Vancouver Canucks. Don't be wanting to waste a final year of the ELC for Pedersen and Hughes. Especially when this team has shown that they're close. Close to what? Close to something good. They've shown they can perform in the playoffs. They, they can compete with almost anyone. Consistent round two team? Maybe. Maybe round three team. It's going to be a great offseason. You know there's one place where you can always get your Canucks talk analysis. We're always going to break things down here. The SCT Show Strictly Canucks Talk. My name's Ron Lee Call. Follow me on Twitter. At R-Y-A-N-L-E-H-A-L. Simple. Follow the SCT Show on Twitter. It's even simpler. At SCT Show. 2 a.m. thoughts. I've gotten the question a few times. Do you record these at 2 a.m.? What other time would I record this at? 
3 a.m., 1 a.m., 7 p.m., the show would be called something different. 2 a.m. thoughts. Ryan Lee Hall. The SCT show. Join us. Join us for the ride. It's going to be a fun off season. <laughs>